Hi, this is Kathy with God in the Grief. This is episode number five, and today's title is called God's Timing. It came across the thought that we need to rest in God's timing. When I was praying about the boys' death, it just seemed so untimely. You know, Michael was 11, and Isaac had just enrolled in college and was going to dual enroll and do all these things, and you have hopes and dreams for your children, and then it's just all cut short, and it just seemed like, wait a minute, you know, um, we we still had life to live here, and so I got to thinking about, you know, that and just praying about it, and God gave me this scripture in Psalms 31 and verse 15 that really helped me to get the proper perspective, and I'm going to read that to you. It says, well, I'm starting in verse 14, but it says, I trusted in thee, O Lord, and I said, thou art my God, my times are in thy hands. And that really spoke to me. My times are in your hand and it's in God's hand. And so, and we know that God sees all, knows all that he's not limited by the little view that we have of today or yesterday or our little view that we have of earthly things here. He's so much bigger above beyond all that. And he's never doing one thing at a time. The pastor's always telling us God's always doing more than one thing at a time. And he is, he's working and moving. And sometimes He needs to do one thing with somebody's life, and it might be a little bit painful, but we can do it. And meanwhile, he's working in so many other aspects through that one little circumstance to help so many other people. And a lot of times that's what he's doing. And we have to realize that God's timing is never wrong. You know, to us, it might feel like that, you know, that was just not the good, not good timing. But God knows all about time. He created it and he's not limited by it at all. We are. We're very time bound here on earth and we have our schedules and we have what we think is going to happen in our lifetime. We think, oh, I've got this children now and they're going to grow up and they're going to go to school and they're going to go to college and they're going to get married and they're going to have children and I'm going to be a grandma and then life's going to be full. And we think these certain things and we think life is supposed to go on a ter- certain time schedule. And sometimes God says, wait, I have something else that I want to do with this life's, with the timing of this life and the timing of that life. And I have something else I'm planning and working on. And I need this person now. And this person's life is done here on earth or whatever it is. And we have to rest the timing of what God plans for life for each individual person rests in his hands, that he knows what he's doing and that it, it is really best. And so that scripture is really good to just have me dwell on and think about that my times are in his hands. And I and as I thought about that, I thought about the different circumstances where God would intervene if the timing was not right. And if we think about Jesus's own life here on earth, you know, he came from heaven, which had no time. That's really hard for us to imagine. But, you know, up in heaven, there's no time. There's no beginning, no ending. There's just no time at all. 
which is so hard for us time-bound people to even comprehend or imagine. But he came down here on Earth, and all of a sudden, here on Earth, he's time-bound. And he has just this little amount of time to get his gospel out. He has just this little amount of time to teach the disciples everything that he really wants them to know so that they could be strong and that they can um, build his church and so that they can know about his doctrines and his truths and be able to pass it on from generation to generation. He has this little bit of time that he can do this. And he's, he's all of a sudden become time bound. But even in that boundary, there was a time that God had set for when he was supposed to die and when this was all going to take place. And if we, if you look in, in John where they were getting mad at Jesus, the Jews were, if we look in um, John 7 and if we look in verse 25, then said some of them of Jerusalem, is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly. And they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know of me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself. But he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. And they sought to take him, but... No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And even, you know, Christ had a timing. And I don't know, that thought, I guess, was just encouraging to me because I feel like, you know, if it was not their timing to go, God would have prevented that. He would have intervened in some way. If we place our life in God's hands, and we allow him to to have our life, then our timing for life is going to all be in his hands too. And like with Jesus, when they sought to kill him, they couldn't take him. No one laid hands on him because it wasn't his time yet. And, and that also happened to Paul. As I've said before in a previous episode, I, I did an extensive study on Paul when I was learning about forgiveness. And, and Paul, when he was on the ship, as a prisoner, and we know the story of Paul in the shipwreck, it looked like he was going to be destroyed. Everyone in the boat was going to be destroyed. The ship was breaking all to pieces and looked like they were all going to be destroyed. But in Acts 27 and 24, it says, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. God had a plan for Paul. And it didn't matter that there came a storm. And it didn't matter that the ship broke apart. It just was not his time yet. So God said, don't fear. You you must be brought before Caesar. That's what I've planned for your life. And you guys are going to be safe. You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. And I find a lot of comfort in that because I feel like, okay, if it wasn't the time for the boys to drown, God would have done something. He would have said, no, this is not your time to die yet but it must have been in his I had placed my life in his hands and it must have been his timing that they go then and I have to rest in that and I have to find peace in that with God in your grief you can find peace because he will we put our trust in him and he, he will be there for us and encourage us along the way and I found a lot of encouragement from just resting in God's timing 
There is a quote that is by Anne Volskamp that says, It takes courage to listen with our whole heart to the tick of God's timing, rather than to march to the loud beat of our fears. If we are not listening to God's timing and resting in that, then we will be just listening to our own fears. We will be having doubts and insecurities and it won't be fun. So you've got to be courageous. It does, it's not easy to place our timing in God's hand. It's not easy to, as Anne said, listen with our whole heart to the tick of God's timing. That's not an easy thing to do. It takes courage, but we can all do it. And with God in the grief, you can for sure do that. And Psalms 118, 126 says, It is time for thee, O Lord, to work. There is always a timing with God as far as our human lives go. He He's there for us, and there's certain things that come along, and he's working, and he's never working in just one way. He's working in so many different ways. And um, if we can rest in that, then our grief is going to be a whole lot easier. And even as I think about today, today is August 1st, and that was the day that the, the tragedy happened. And so August is always a hard time for me. Um, I kind of look at August with dread a little bit, um, but it it does get a little bit easier but I was going to read to you what I wrote in my journal. It's always a hard day, this 1st of August. I can't help but relive the day and wish how I wish I could change it. Two years have passed, and it feels like yesterday. Those things that cannot be changed are the hardest. Death is so final. Learning to accept what happened is God's will and timing, and learning to trust and rest in God, and learning so many things has been good. But couldn't there have been a better way? Can there be triumphant wars without death? Can there be new medical discoveries without sickness? Can there be successes in life without failures? I think not. It's just life. So take the wins and learn from the losses and give God the glory for it all. That's what we have to learn to do. We have to learn to give it all to God and realize that it's his timing. And one of the things that I struggled with after the first after the boys first died was feeling like I was stuck in time. And I'm sure that this must be a common feeling for anyone that's lost a loved one or anyone that's gone through a great grief or tragedy. Feeling like you're stuck between yesterday and tomorrow. Just feeling like yesterday stopped everything. And the tragedy just stopped. You know, I used to have boys in my home that I was homeschooling and we were busy every single day. And then that stopped. And then tomorrow, I don't know. I don't know how to go on about tomorrow because I've never lived without my boys. And I've never not homeschooled for 20 years. And I've never, I don't know. I don't, I have to get a whole new purpose, a whole new idea about life. And so for a while, you're still stuck between yesterday and tomorrow. And here's what I wrote in my journal fairly soon after the boys died. That place between yesterday and tomorrow, that's where I feel I am, stuck in this place. And grief keeps you there. You grieve for yesterday with all of its beautiful memories that will no longer be in the tomorrow. 
You're stuck in today because it won't bring Michael coming out of his room in his blue bunny pit PJs with sparkling black eyes saying, Hi, Mommy. Huggy. And I fixed the fire today and I grieve because Isaac is not chopping my kindling. And I grieve today as I fold the laundry in Michael's Hank the Cowboy shirt will never go through the wash again or Isaac's inside out t-shirts. And I grieve because yesterday has so many memories that won't be here today. And because what I thought was going to be a future together will never happen. And so I feel stuck, stuck with no idea on how to have a new purpose, no idea what the future holds. I'm somewhere between yesterday and tomorrow. And until enough yesterdays of recent times, the new yesterdays without the memories of the boys' voices and actions, new memories of Rocky and I have gone by, I'll just have to be stuck. This is grief. Once I have a new purpose for the future and new memories that are not so painful for yesterday, then grief will be healed. The sadness of what was lost will remain, but new life will provide a future. So for now, I'm somewhere between yesterday and tomorrow. And I'm sure that must be a very common feeling between someone that's grieving. And to realize, though, that you don't want to remain there. You don't want to remain in that stuck position. What I found that I needed to do was to create new memories for my for my yesterdays to look back on. And so even though it might have been really hard for me to do something again, that I used to do with the boys. I always took the boys huckleberry picking. And so going out for the first time without the boys to go pick berries was very hard, but I needed to create new memories of that. So it wasn't so painful. So, you know, take different people with you, um, huckleberry picking or do something new and different, create a new memory. And then it's not so painful to look back on. And then for the future, you really need to be busy. You need to have something that you are projecting into the future, something that you're preparing for, busy for, a new purpose. If you don't do that, you're going to find yourself still stuck in that place between yesterday and tomorrow. And you don't want to be stuck. You want to be able to, you don't want to be stuck. You want to be able to move forward in time instead of being that feeling of being stuck in time. What I did was I went ahead and tutored for the classical conversation that I had signed Glup for. I was planning on tutoring his class and even though my child wasn't there and it was probably one of the hardest and the best things that I did through my grief, I went ahead and tutored for that year. And so that gave me a purpose that gave me something to that I had to prepare for each week. I had to I had something to look forward to each week. And even though it was really hard because my son wasn't in the class and everybody else's son was, you know, child was in that class. Mine wasn't. And so it was, it was a hard thing, but it was still one of the best things I did because it did make my time go forward. It brought me out of that stuck feeling into I'm going on now. I'm moving on. And that's super important. So the way to to get unstuck from that feeling of being in between yesterday and tomorrow is that you create new memories and that you create new purposes for yourself, something to look forward to each day. And so that was super important. So um, I really felt like learning to rest in God's timing, learning to place my 
my ideas of what the timing of life should be into God's hands and having God in my grief was one of the things that really brought me peace about the timing of it all.